This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Josa. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is a little bit different than what I've done in the past. This is not an interview. This is more of just a conversation between girlfriends. So I had an opportunity to sit with my friend and colleague, Maria Lemus Lopez, and we talk about mental health. We are both mental health clinicians, and we talk about our journey, not just our own personal journey, but how we see the field. We talk about energy healing and curanderismo, and we share our own perspective and opinion on what we see going on on social media relating to to health and healing when we planned this out we jokingly said that this is going to be a comadre session or comadreando session and comadres is a spanish word that means friendship although not quite um, friendship but it represents that energy or that dynamic between two people. So we really wanted this to just be an authentic, real, genuine conversation about how we feel. With that said, I do want to provide a brief disclaimer that this episode is not meant to treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. It is not meant to substitute for healthcare or mental health services. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. So without further ado, here is my comadre session with Maria Lemus Lopez. Take a listen. Welcome, Maria, to the podcast. Thank you, Rosa. <laughs> Thank you for being here. So this idea came out from a conversation. We were hanging out at a coffee. It was, no, it wasn't a coffee shop. Well, we did, right? We, went to, yes. we started having pizza and then went to, to Starbucks. And we're thinking, of, what, why don't we do like a comadre session? <laughs> we just talked about everything we just talked about for the last two hours. Mm, yeah yes. so i so thank you for the inspiration for comadre session <laughs> that's oh, what i'm no, calling thank it you. thank you rosa I, re, I, I do i appreciate it so to get started can you tell us um a little bit about yourself where you're from what do you do and then we'll go from there yes so i am currently in shumash territory i always like to share that which is ventura county um so definitely thank you to to the to Shumash people of this of this land. I, I always like to start by honoring that space. Um, I am actually from Michoacan, so I come from Purepecha territory. That's where I'm originally from. I was actually born over there, brought here when I was five. Um, my role, one of my roles is um, a school social worker. So I'm still, I'm an associate clinical social worker um, in route to becoming licensed. So I'm just kind of waiting for the BBS to get it together and tell me when I can test. Um, 
So that's been a very interesting journey in itself on how did I get to become a social worker? Um, I'm a mom to an eight-year-old chiquilla, um, a, a wife, a sister, um, been in the field of social work by choice y de corazón, because I think I became a social worker at a very young age for cosas que I did, you know, you just become sometimes a, a social worker. And I think we have a lot of social workers out there. So shout out to all the social workers. Um, official and unofficial, right? Official <laughs> and unofficial, see. Um, and and it, it, that's, you know, that's who I am. I, I'm, I love to advocate for the, the community. Um, I love working with youth. Um, definitely my Spanish speaking community. Um, and just learning, I think, in a constant search para, para aprender. I always say I'm on this road of aprendizaje. Um, soy sabia sin saber. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I know, but I don't know. So mm. constantly um, aprendiendo. I think desde chiquilla, my parents, my dad would always say, you're such a preguntona. And I think that preguntona has led into curiosity. And sometimes it's like, whoa, that's too much. But here we are. So thank you, Rosa, for, for letting me be here. Yes. No, thank you for, for agreeing. So uh, the plan was to have um, just a chat, right, where we just talk about different things. And we agreed that we're going to have a drink because it's Friday night. Yay! <laughs> so cheers. And cheers. what are you drinking? I have one of those um, seltzers, those uh, margarita seltzers. I'm just, I'm taking it slow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm having, uh, well, I was going to make a margarita, but I didn't have any, any mix, uh, anything to make a margarita. So I, I ended up being, I have tequila. So I just made like a paloma with, Ooh, nice. <laughs> with grapefruit. Dude, that's the go-to. <laughs> that's like, so, yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers to you, Maria, for being Cheers on my podcast. Thank you. Mm. Um, well, it's yummy. I hadn't had it <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So let's get started um, with our chat. So I know we were kind of going back and forth about what should we talk about? And, and honestly, I feel that especially uh, when we met, we were just like talking about one thing we just after another and yes. we had our daughters with us and yes. they were entertained but they were like okay we're ready to go. <laughs> and we yes. were just chatting away um but you know I want to start off with just kind of sharing a little bit about how we met because I think yes. it's so it's so interesting how um, the 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 world of social media and even though it, there's you know, there's a lot of pros and cons. Mm. One of the most beautiful things for me since being on social media has been meeting amazing, wonderful souls, people like you. And so it's one okay. of the, the my, my, I guess, the greatest joys that I've had from, from being on. And, and I'm wondering um, if you want to share a little bit about how, how you connected with me or how you found my account and then how we started talking and I'll chime in. Yeah, so... <laughs> Dude, back to highlighting what you said, the pros and cons. It's always like a, a yeah. constant um, pelea with me in social media. <laughs> so there's beautiful things and, and yeah. you know. So I was, I was starting a 
journey. I always say a, a, a journey. I'm always on a journey of understanding um, childhood healing. Like, ¿qué es eso? What, what do I need to do? What do I need to understand? I had like this espinita of, I need to, I need to understand that. And so I typed in on the search thing, like childhood trauma. And so your, um, your link came up or your, como se dice, your handle came up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to follow this person. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then one thing led to the other. And then at that time you were hosting or you were doing um, meditation, like live meditation. The inner child meditations, right? Yeah. The, and yeah, that was about, know, two, I think, two years ago. Two years ago. Mm -hmm. como around this time, I think, I don't know, because I remember it transitioning into summer somehow. And so I... I started doing that every night, every night, because you offered it for, I think it was 30 days, Rosa. It was 21 days. Okay, yeah. 21 days. I did like days. a 21 day inner childhood, uh, inner child, sorry, meditation. And we went through different stages of development. And yeah, that was a, that was a couple yes. of years ago now. Yeah. And it was so three ninety nine. Yes, it, it was. <laughs> and you were actually one of the few that did it with me the every day. Days. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, a few people would come in and out or I would see them repeat, but you were one of the few that you were there every day. So I, I was so thankful to you. Thank you. No, thank you. Because yeah. I'll tell you that opened up a lot of learning for myself. And I was like, why would I not take advantage of this? This is free. And she's doing it. And I'm learning how to meditate. And it's on a topic that I'm interested in. So then you took me through a journey. I think the very last day, um, I remember sending you an email. I'm like, I went through this weird cathartic crying and I felt like I gave birth to myself. Yes, I remember you sharing that. That was, I mean, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Obviously, I, I was doing, you know, the, the 21 days, but I was also connecting with my own therapist because I, yeah. I I wanted to do both of the things at the same time. Mm, yeah. Um just to feel supported because I wasn't gonna be like hey Rosa can you give me free therapy like <laughs> no but if you're respecting yeah. those those boundaries for sure and I think the way you um supported us through that and and the comfort that I had in connecting with you and you were always responsive and it wasn't um it just it, it felt very genuine and it felt very supportive and it wasn't I didn't feel like a carga asking you the questions. And I think from there, we just connected. Yeah, I think we, we, we started just talking online. And then I think maybe, it, I think it maybe eight months ago, right? We met up for the first time. Yes. No, maybe no. a little bit more than that. No, el a year. Pasado. Yeah. Sometime year last before. year. Yes. Yeah, so we kept in touch. And then we finally met up. And I remember... Um, telling my husband well I'm gonna meet up with with this person I met her name is Maria <laughs> and we met online and he was like okay but he's used I think he's used to it by now yes. but he's but he's um but yes but you're one of the few I'm, I'm, I have to say I have not met too many or connected in such a way with too many people um just because, you know, you always, you get a vibe, you get a sense. And, and yes. from talking to you, I didn't get the sense that we're going to be like, like, you're going to be my client or anything like that for immediately. Oh. It was like, I think we like, 
I, I feel like we could be friends. <laughs> we <laughs> were, I, I think, that. very, we had very similar interests. And then we started connecting uh, a lot on ancestral work, right? Talking yes. about our abuelitas. Yes. And, and, and I still remember when I, I think I was doing another meditation, I think later on that year. And I had an owl outside oh, my window. Girl. <laughs> Do you remember that? And then yes. you were. Or, or what was it you were you were seeing an owl in your meditation yes, yes. prior to an owl coming to near my window right and, and it you was were, loud and I was like yes can she, does she not hear that <laughs> like can she not no, can she not was, hear that yeah it was such an eerie thing because it was um it's not common for first of all here to to hear one so close to the window first of all and then I was doing the meditation <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, this owl is right outside. I was like, I'm just going to keep going because, you know, I can't stop midway. And then you shared with me what you were experiencing. And I was just, I was just blown away. That's what I was like, is, is that, because at first it sounded like it was part of your audio. Like if you put, you know, when you play music in the background and I'm like, no, that's in, that's like, right. It's going to come flying into her window. So I had my eyes closed, but I, I had to open my eyes because I'm like, wait, Am I tripping or is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think we 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 bonded, connected through through a lot of shared interest. Yes. Yeah. I would say the the conversations that sometimes you're not always open. They're not not. I don't want to say open, but they're not always so easy to have. Like things that feel very occult, and you're like, eh. I don't know if I want to share that all the time. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, and I think I'm very, you know, very metaphysical and I, I do like a lot of, um, just as a you know, side note, I, I love listening to paranormal podcasts and ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know that, um, that, yeah, like you said, not everyone's open to that or maybe they think is, um, when we talked about this, the devil's stuff yes, or yes. they see it as a very dark um, thing that they want nothing to do. And, and I, and so, so as a person that, that just, I, I enjoy listening to that content. I enjoy not because I'm going to be talking about it or sharing it, you know, with any of my clients or anything like that, but I just, you know, I, it's, for me, it's just fun. It, it helps me get my mind off things. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I feel like I, I still feel, feel like people judge about you know that yeah. that kind of stuff and there's a lot of um misconceptions and stigma around just even curanderismo which is not even Oof. related to that but even yes. just healing work energy yes. work which is not even we're not even talking about ghost stories just that reiki right it's just we're talking yes. about very uh, uh helpful healing modalities that are still looked down upon or judged so I you know I, I think that we've been able to go back and forth on things that that others would be like I don't know what you're doing listening to this stuff yes and I, I can definitely agree with that Rosa because those conversations can either create discomfort or they create curiosity and I think for me it's always to come in with the lens of curiosity. You're not saying like, oh, I'm gonna make people do this. And, and, and you said, I'm not gonna take it to, to my clients. And, and I feel the same way. It's just, 
you're being curiosa, you're, you're bringing that curiosity um, because you want to know how it was used or um, is, does it support somebody? And I think I was always walking that curious line of like, well, what is curanderismo? How do you do that? Does someone in my family do that? Um, and then finding spaces or people like you or, or other people that are open to, ha to have those conversations is not always easy. It's, and I can even say it within my own, you know, loving, supportive family. Sometimes it's like, ah, ya vas a empezar. Like it's, um, it can be very uncomfortable. And, and I love the leyendas and I love the, the, those, those stories. Um, I'm not always into the gore, but I think that the 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 folklore, the folklore, folklore yes, you, yes, the folklore Mexicano de yes. las historias de 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 terror, de fantasmas. Yes, yes, <laughs> I yes, love, yes. yeah, it's I love it. Especially, have you noticed that they're always based in una hacienda? Yes, <laughs> always involving una abuelita, un abuelito. Yes. <laughs> oh, decía yes. mi abuela, decía mi abuela. It's yes. yeah, I love that absolutely. And, and I think we, we want to also cultivate that and we want to nurture that. Um, just like we like to say, oh, uh, se dice? Um, save all the, the recipes from the abuela. Well, we can, like conversating with you, we can also cultivate the, the leyendas that seem scary. but Leyendas, not. yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and honestly, like looking back in just, you know, in reflecting what you're saying, to look back to me growing up and, and having conversations with my grandma, what, my my dad's mom, she was very mystical and mm. very, um, very much into all this stuff that I'm into. And I, it, she would tell me a lot of stories, scary stories, historias espantos, right? That's what she would call it. But uh, now in listening to other people, Mexican podcasters that share stories, I know you share with me Moras Malditas, yes. that podcast is, I love it. It's amazing. And it, they, they remind, it reminds me of my grandma. And I just see it as a, honestly, for me, it's a way to connect to part of my culture, part of my memory, my memories as a child with my grandma, with yeah. my abuelita. Thank you for saying that, Rosa. And my sister, shout out to my sister. She's the one that got me into the Morras Malditas because my sister yeah. also likes that type of, um, of cuentos, of leyendas. Um, because like you, we grew up listening to them every time we would visit Mexico. And we there's they would always hear kids in the little bench outside or the little banquito outside of the door around like 4 a.m. You hear like, these people talking and so for us it's like oh my god but then you're so curious like what is it what, what kind of energy is it and why is it there um so yeah I think I don't think that's considered brujería I don't think that's considered bad but we've given yeah. it that that name sometimes yeah absolutely and I was sharing with you earlier in the, well, a couple of days ago that I had Atava Garcia yes, yes, I, I think yes. I said her name wrong Atava Atava, Atava yes. Garcia um, she wrote a book called the Curanderismo Toolkit I think that's yes. what it is yes. and uh, and when she came out we, we were talking of course about Curanderismo but I asked her how does she differentiate um, Brujeria because because when I talked to my mom about curanderismo, 
automatically in her mind, she thinks of Rujeria. Yes, I've heard of this. Yes. And she shared with me something so interesting that I had never thought about. She, she told me, or, you know, during our podcast, she shared that curanderismo, that term, is relatively a newer term. Is something that was coined by a professor in, maybe, I think it's New Mexico. He, he and not too long ago, I mean, a couple decades ago, he came up with this, this term that encompasses all of these healing modalities that he observed from Mexico, uh, which is partera, you know, the, um, what do you call it, uh, midwifery under that, um, yerveras, which is the, um, I get herbalist, right? Yerveras, that would be yes. The, yes. an herbalist, uh, a healer, like an energy healer with the limpias that we think of traditionally. But so she was explaining that the, 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 this term is relatively new. So when I think about my mom and why she associates it with, with Rujeria is because honestly, like my mom is not familiar with that term. And I, and I even asked her, I said, I said, mom, when you were growing up in El Pueblo, she's from a very small town in central Mexico in Guerrero. I was like, what do they call the, the people that did the healings las señoras que you know que, que curaban de espanto and all that and she was like oh pues eran las brujas del pueblo and everybody knew you know and uh, uh, so that that term curandera is it's it's not something that she's familiar with so when she, when Atava explained a little bit of the history I was like oh my god it makes sense no wonder it's 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 still very new and I think as a, as a society For, for me, being Mexican-American, being here and the aquí, the allá, you know, being, it's like trying to make sense of this because it is something that I'm, that, that fascinates me. It's something that I've incorporated in my own personal healing and, and journey. Um, so I just thought her, her sharing in that, that podcast, is, that episode is going to come up um, shortly, but I just thought it was so interesting. I was like, oh, it makes sense. No wonder people are so confusing with brujería. I don't know. What are your thoughts about that, Maria? Uh, yes, I, I'll be honest. Yo no, I didn't hear the word curanderismo or curanderex or just curandera, curandero in general until I came to the States. Because growing up, no, it was just, if you were, um, you know, tenias susto, if you were scared, it, that, you got, that got taken care of at home by either your grandma, your tia or whatnot, I understood more of like a rezadora, a person that prays over you um, and uses um, prayer from Catholicism. That's, you know, they called it. That's what my grandma would call it. And we're going to pray over you. And so I, to me, that was like, okay, that's what I know. Or, um, but per se, we didn't go to a, curandera it just happened very organically at home um and mind you it was never really my mom it was always my dad's mom um and then I, there was a vecina that we knew that did that that's when we came to the states and she actually lived with us for a little bit she would um doña rosa she would play and see there's like the doña part doña rosa she would pray over i would see her pray over my younger brother and then she would do like the the egg limpia um but we, you just knew like and it was right like, okay sure like it, yeah. it, um 
we didn't call him curandera we said doña rosa kind of yeah. like I said, or my grandma um shout out to my suegra because i she she's she's got strong <laughs> magic um mm. but she doesn't call herself any of that and no. she doesn't practice mm. um, we just know that she she can be of support she has a gift yeah and and so so yeah i think it's it's so interesting um that it in learning i mean just in, in go, going back to my conversation with atava she you know she she i mean it sounded that this term is basically um the way that Mexican American, because the person that coined this term is Mexican American, or I think I think he's, yeah, I don't think he's not from Mexico. I think he's some, he was born and raised in, in New Mexico. I forgot the name. She told me the name. I think the last name is he's. I remember the name because he's pretty known. I think he's Torres. I for, I forgot the name. I, I have to. Um, I'll come back. Oh, come to me eventually. But basically, he he was a he's a professor. Right? He's still alive. He's a professor, and, and that's what he did. Um, so I and as you were talking, I was I was thinking about you know how under curanderismo, even uh, somebody una sobadora, you know, like when you want to have a baby and you can't and you go to someone that I I did that actually when when I wanted to get pregnant with my daughter, I was asking around again, asking around. I I mean. I have, I'm talking about, this is just within the last five years. I have access to for social media and all that. But for some reason, I knew that if I was going to find someone, it was going to be through like word of mouth. Like, do you know anyone <laughs> that, that does this? I, and, and sure enough, you know, someone told me, yes, hay una señora, um, you know, he, she was, she's in Pomona and just, you just call her, tell her that, you know, so and so sent you. So I called her and, and it's so funny because my, my friend, the one that gave me her info, she was like, she only does it from such time to this time because her husband doesn't like it that she does it. So, <laughs> so I go to her house. She was like, you know, I think it was $20. She didn't even charge me. I, I just, she's like, Lo que me quieras dar, 15, 20 dollars, that's it. I was like, okay. So I, I think, I don't remember, give her a little more. And I was like, oh my God. And I have to say like immediately I felt a shift. Just her putting her hand on my, like basically my womb, that, you know, that area and just massaging it in a, in a particular way. I will never forget that feeling that I got when she said, okay, yeah. I was like, oh my God. I felt like this sense of, um, como se dice, like, just relief and comfort and like almost like something I like I didn't even realize I needed that 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 rest or that relief and it was like five minutes <laughs> it was like five minutes yeah and she is she was like this should do and, and honestly I th- I got pregnant within two months two months of that that is, so that is yeah so so what I by sharing that what I mean is that sometimes um these these people you know these healers are out there in the community and there is no way to know and if I for example my mom is hardcore Christian like she was all for me doing that 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 she doesn't see that as something that is brujería uh but that actually falls under the the umbrella of curanderismo right so it's 
I don't know. I think it's it's also new that I think for us we're still trying to navigate what it means, what it looks like. But but I I see it as just healing, like physical, mental healing. Yes, I, I agree with that. It's that component of that what's mind, the spirit, that just your body on how somatically you're moving. I think most of our gente don't sometimes don't call it the curandero or curandera but they will i hear the sobador which is the i don't know how you said in english the i don't know mollera. Mollera, yeah is the soft spot that babies have yeah right? and then as yes. they grow it and you know, the, it, it closes up. I think the, yes. the bone structure there, but initially starts very soft. But yes, and, and we call it la mollera, yes. <laughs> that specific and, and, spot. Yeah, and you hear that, you know, or has aire or and so you get that belly rub or you do that. You don't go into straight into Western medicine, but you go to the sobador and the sobadora. But they're still moving energy. They're still supporting you some way I think where it gets tricky though is you know there's always those sobadores and sobadoras out there that are straight profiting that are straight doing things they're not supposed to be doing or or prescribe and you know when that when it's a legit or sobadora because no sobador or sobadora is going to prescribe you supplements they're not going to prescribe you no by this by that from them yeah yeah that's such a tricky thing and actually in 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 the podcast with with Atava, we talked about that because she, and I don't want to spoil the podcast episode, but she talks about how she feels in regard, regarding, regarding, um, you know, charging and, um, and for, for the heal the energetic healing and, you know, so she, so there's, she has a lot of conflicting emotions about that. And so definitely check it out. I don't know if it, if I'll release it before this maybe I should right <laughs> since we're talking about her maybe I should release her episode be ahead of, of this one but but yeah I, I think it, it is I think it could be dangerous also to not know to not really know who you're going to for for healing for for treatment um, I think there's a lot of uh, abuse of power within not everyone of course not everyone but I've heard stories, right, of folks that trust uh, someone with their healing and they end up getting re-traumatized either because they shared so much of their story, their pain, their trauma, and they, the, the person just didn't have the capacity or the training, the skills to navigate that. Or also because we're talking about energy, at the end of the day, right? We're talking about very complicated energy. So when you open that space to he- to do an energy healing, energy cleanse, like you have to have the you know the capacity, the training, the skills to to deal with whatever comes up. And sometimes it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be. I mean, even I mean, for me as a therapist, right? I, I don't do energy work in my therapy sessions, of course, but I'm still dealing with a human being, a spirit, a soul. And when we're working through heavy memories, it it's it's difficult, right? And, and, and it's so I can only imagine when you're involving or 
opening a, a spiritual space, I think it's really, really important to, to know who you're going to. Yeah. I can, I can definitely attest to that. Yes. I, I think you listening and seeing what feels safe to your body, I think, um, and what's the intention behind it um, with, with when you go to certain certain people. I think I've seen it where um, you're in desperation and so you, you go to whoever it is that you think is gonna be a support and then that re-traumatization re comes in. Um, I had an experience with myself and it wasn't a negative experience, but I, I was going consistently to do like uh, energy limpia or, or a Reiki session. So I was going, going. It, the way it worked through this program and it was out and it was a really neat program. It's through our local behavioral house. They're partnered up with an organization, a nonprofit organization here. And so um, the women there, beautiful women, um, they do like the Reiki energy. They, they cleanse you with like yervitas. They give you a tecito. So I did that, but I came home and the, the last day I went into like this really intense cathartic um, shock. And I knew what was happening. I knew what was happening. My body was releasing. I was feeling all mm. the feels at the same time. But I knew that. And so me puse a pensar, what about the gente that don't know that that's happening? So then I, when I spoke to them, yeah. I, I called them like, hey, this happened to me. Are you guys aware this is happening? And she's like, no, but we appreciate you letting us know. Now we know that it's important to have a clinician on the team to oh. discuss what can happen after doing four limpias and they weren't consecutively and I come every other two weeks and I'm like oh crap like I went into this such a limpia that like my body was like what the hell's going on yeah absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and that's you with all the training and experience that you have you know even you know just as a, even as you you're a mental health provider yourself yes. and you have all yes. this all this information and still it, it affects you, right? I, I mean, I, I think I've shared with you and I'll share a little bit here. I, I went to see a shaman uh, a little bit ago, a couple months ago, and same thing. It was a very cathartic. It was, I had a, re a release. I was, I was crying. I was, um, but it wasn't necessarily that a negative, in a negative way. I wasn't dysregulated per se. I wasn't, you know, overwhelmed emotionally, but it was more of a release. Like the tears were flowing, but I was able to, to understand what was going on. But with that said, kind of what you shared is it was very intense, right? And you see things as, especially if you, I don't know if anyone has done a, a shamanic journeying or like a, it's called a soul retrieval. It, it, you go into, the, you know, it goes pretty deep, right? And, 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 you, and visually you're seeing things, your, your, your mind's eyes giving you images that could be upsetting. And so I, and, and, and for me, even as a therapist myself, it was still a lot to contain and to try to keep it together because I was at home. I was with my, with my little one, you know, in the room. So I was like, okay, but even that was, it was hard, right? So I, like you said, I can't even imagine for folks that 
don't have the resources, emotional, the emotional resources, the tool, the, the, uh, the tools to, to bounce back emotionally from an overwhelming shift of energy. Cause that's really what we're talking about, right? It's a shift of energy that can be very shocking to your nervous system. If you're not, if you're not expecting it or prepared for it. Yes. And then going back to, if you're not going to the people that are will are actually the curanderas, the curanderos, the shamans that that can support you. And you're just going to like your local love and light place. And then you're having a cathartic experience. And they're like, pues no sé, like go home. It, yeah. It, it, it's, um. I think that's why I always have a thing with who gets to call themselves what in the, mm. in the role of, 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 of healing like yeah I've, I've always been told you do not call yourself that and and until the community will will decide or when you I, I don't know I think it just happens very organically yeah, yeah. I I agree you know in in talking to some folks I mean I've, I've heard from some healers that they didn't do any kind of energy work for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you know, it's almost like it's not, you, you, you can't just train or take a class, read a book about it and then start offering it to people. I feel that that there needs to be a little bit more responsibility with, because you're dealing with other humans, right? Life, souls, energy that, that we need to respect, and I think part of respecting someone else's soul, their energy is by making sure that we have the training, the capacity to, to really navigate what could come up and, and to do it in a way that is ultimately going to be healing and helpful for that person, for that, for that energy, that soul. Yes. Yes. To that Rosa. Cause I, my heart always breaks when I when I hear being in the in the field of, of mental health. And so, and even though I deal more with youth, but I also connect with the family. So the entire family system. So it breaks my heart when I hear I went to so and so in the community. Um, and I didn't really get supported, but I went to go get Olympia and I feel like I I there wasn't any, it wasn't like a support. It, um, they left them feeling worse. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happens so much, so much. Um, you know, I, I, for me, and I mean, I I don't know, what are your thoughts about this, but I, I have to say that, you know, I, I have a hard time with people that charge thousands of dollars for a service or even hundreds a few hundreds because I, I I don't know especially for something that we you know and I think this is my, my, my part of my message is that there is a component that you know when it comes to healing when it comes to recovering from trauma from childhood experiences or even ancestral generational trauma there is a component that involves connecting with someone else, a healer, uh, whether it's a therapist, a spiritual leader, there is that relationship that can be very healing. And there's also the aspect of 
what we do, right? The self, the self-care, the the self-healing. And, and and there is that, and it's also huge, it's a huge component of our of our healing. Uh, and a lot of times we first look for others and then we we learn the skills or resources and then we apply and within ourselves, we're able to do a lot of amazing self-healing work. Uh, so I have a hard time with, with folks, and I'm just going to say here, I have a hard time with folks that charge a lot of money for a, a process, a skill or a resource that someone can do themselves. You know, like if, if, if I... <laughs> If I buy a book for 10, 15 bucks and I, and I, and I want to heal X, Y, and Z, I don't know, but whatever spiritual, spiritually, right. And I learn it from the book and I apply it within myself and it works. Why would then I try to sell it for $500, right? It's like, wait, why can't we just share with people like, this is what you can do, right? Um, there are skills, right? As, you know, as, as a therapist and, and I know like Reiki and other energy healers that have like this experience and this, the, the skill, right? That they should get paid and compensated for their skill. But if it's something, because they're doing it, right? They're giving you the resources, the information, but if it's something that that you can that you can do on your own, you know, then why would I pay $500 for someone to do that for me? I, I think it's that I have a hard time with when people charge a lot of money for something that I ultimately have to do within myself, like a recorded class or uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, like they, they have these videos like, well, you can buy my class and, you know, it's a series of 10 recorded videos and this is what you do. It's like, so I'm doing the work right? I'm, I'm doing it on my own. There is no relationship here, right? There's, I'm not paying for a relationship or paying for information. And, and I think that at this point, you know, information is accessible everywhere. <laughs> so I have a hard time with that because I feel that so many people, um, first of all, is, is not anyone can afford it. And the second of all, it's like, why would you sell over like upsell <laughs> to say something that that is so accessible but because people trust certain certain names and figures faces you know you trust someone you've been following for a while you trust them like they must ha- know something i don't know and and then you give them all this money it's like wait well i could have just bought a book for that <laughs> right I, I what i'm hearing when you say all that rosa is that monetizing monetizing yeah Todo lo que hacemos desde, like, breathing is monetizing. Now everything, like, be, has become very monetized. Mm. And I know yeah. people might be like, oh, sovereignty. And, you know, we it needs to be reciprocal. And it needs to be, yeah, but you're right. Why does it have to cost $1,000? When we know sometimes Rasa's not going to pay $1,000 right. to go to a beautiful hike in the mountain mm. um, and have, I don't know, you know, what an experience when it, it's, it's not, um, it's not equitable. It, it's right. not, it's not equitable. So yeah, shout out to, you know, all the amazing people that, that can monetize and, and they're okay with it. But I, I do sit in the same feeling as you, as far as charging thousands of dollars for, 
something that we can all do. And I think this is where I've been sitting with the part of somatic therapy, I think per se. Um, and I think that's where my countertransference sometimes comes out. I'm like, well, I'll, I'm going to do somatic certification. Mm. And it's like a thousand of, I'm like thousands of something to, to, to get certified. Right. Yeah. But then I'm like, I do somatic things every day. Like I like to dance. I like to hug myself. I like to, you know, clean the frijoles. I'm still moving somatically, doing processing. I think the part where we charge is to tell people that they can do that. Right. And yeah. how to do it. Yeah. But the price tag to it is very exaggerated. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about, especially when I'm now going to, um, talking more about continuing education right for for therapists or social workers yeah it's I mean that's a whole other conversation but yes it's very expensive and honestly and I know there's um there's a lot of talk there's a lot of conversations around this is this issue is why is it so expensive to certify quote-unquote for you to do a specific intervention that if you're a licensed mental health therapist you can do you don't need the certification permission of of a organization and most of the time especially you know here in the states is they're usually of a specific race and you know gender and it's like well, why do i need that person to certify me to be able to talk about i don't know x y and z in regards to trauma no like i can I, the information is there i will I will definitely read a book about it. I could take a class. I can, but to do, to pay thousands of dollars, I mean, just to, without pointing out any specific uh, therapeutic approach, because, you know, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, talk about a specific one, but, you know, just to give folks an idea um, to do, okay, let's do EMD. Let's talk about EMDR because a lot of people have gone through the EMDR training. So the EMDR training is actually on the lowest end of, of the spectrum. And that can, so to, to get certified as an EMDR therapist, um, you have to do, you, you have to do a lot of hours of training. I think it's like two or six full days on separate weekends. And in between your practices, there's several hours and you have to certify your hours, not just classroom, but practice. And then you have to pay for, to consult with someone, right? And it's about, oops, Our ancestors okay. are probably like, what the <laughs> hell Sorry are you about guys? that. Yes. The, so for folks listening, the, the call just dropped out of nowhere. <laughs> so we're back on. <laughs> so I was talking about EMDR and, and, and how after you get trained, you know, after all those hours, you still have to pay for a consultant, $200 an hour. And I think you need like, I don't, I don't remember now. I think it's like 15 or 18 hours. Anyway, so it's a lot of money <laughs> and time, right? The skill that you need to do EMDR, you can already, you you could do it. You don't need to be certified, right? You don't need to pay two hundred dollars an hour for the next eighteen sessions to for someone to say you could do it. So that's my point, right? It's like as mental health therapists, we can do we can do these interventions, right? Because we have a license and and ethics that we abide by and when we practice under that, then we, we have a broad spectrum of interventions and tools that we can use. 
but I think there is just so much money that is being made with this um, the certification process. So not only is it enough for you to get licensed, and you know that's you're in that process as you shared earlier, that's a, a whole other ordeal that takes years of study and dedication and consistency. Then you get licensed, like well now you need all these certifications if you want to practice somatic therapy or if you want to help someone with tics or someone with um, OCD, you know, any, any, basically any diagnosis in the DSM, you would, there, they would, there, there will be a certification that you can do if you want to be considered an expert. So I think that's hard for our communities of color, right? Our therapists um, that are trying to help doing the, you know, working in the community, trying to help people and you know, and I'm sure you know, when you're starting off as a, as a mental health provider in community mental health, you're not going to be making, uh, you know, as much money to be able to cover $5,000 worth of training, unless your employer co covers it, right? So I don't know, I have a lot of, <laughs> obviously, I have a lot of issues with, with that. And I'm sure you, you, <laughs> you have a lot to say about that too. <laughs> I'm like, always do. I think that from the get-go that I want, want to begin with Rosa, I did not want to become a therapist. I went to grad schools for my master's in social work. And through the entire time I was like, nope, nope. I don't want to be, why would I want to be a therapist? I just want to be a grassroots community worker like be out there in the marcha like that was that was my goal but here we are and I think it had a lot to do with I wasn't seeing a lot of clinicians that spoke my language or that um that in community so one I think that's what ignited me to be in this camino um, but yes, it's, it's, it's costly. And something that came to my mind right now that you're talking about certifications was, do you think that's why in the Western world, it has become, oh, well, I can get a certification to be a curandera. I can get a certification to be a curandero. Yes, absolutely. And we, yeah. and it's, I, I have this <laughs> joke with some of my compañeras, um, yeah. One of my compañeras from danza, I told her, so when do I get to call my danzante? When do I get to call myself a danzante? When do I get the certification? And she's like, Maria, stop. I'm like, well, do it. Like, can I get a yeah. certificate that says like curandera? I mean, curandera, uh, danzante level one. And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Y you are so right about that. I, and I think it, does I think it does have to do with with the, the fact that we think that we could you know we take a class and then we know how to do it so then we can share with others um but I feel like maybe for something that is very technical skill-based yeah you can you could do that but I also think that when you're dealing with matters of spirit soul you know trauma especially trauma and and, and how the inter sectionality of all of that you you, you I, I have a hard time with folks that just you know take a class and then they they want to start doing limpias like I I don't know if <laughs> I guess to each their I'm own I, I wouldn't go with you know I, I would I personally for my own journey I, I like to to look for folks that 
that I feel have been doing it for a while, that have the capacity and the skills based on what, what I know of them to, to hold space for me ultimately, right? I, I don't know, it just makes me feel more at ease, safer, you know, in, in that sense, to know that, that I'm in good hands. For me, it's 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 a, it is about experience and it is about their commitment to this because it is not an easy journey. I don't think it is. I'm not a curandera. I'm not a healer in that regard. Um, but I, the few people that I, that I've known, it is not an easy journey to navigate. It is not something that uh, that you can just say, yeah, like uh, I don't know, like this is what I'm living my. My, the dream maybe they are but it's almost like it comes with a lot of difficulties in many ways and it's almost like well, why am I doing this why did I get called that's more of the question that I that I hear it's like I don't know but there's something about this that is I'm, I'm here and it's it's hard you know that's that's more of the story that I that I hear and so um, my heart and and the kudos and every you know goes to those folks that are committed to doing that healing work because uh when you're dealing with spirit like i said that it's it's not easy <laughs> right yes you're right and you said every single word that i can think of when you choose to walk the red road or you choose to walk the camino rojo or, or whatever it is that they call it i've learned it as the the you know the red road or the camino de aprendizaje um it is not pretty it is not glamorized and it's not on social media all the time period yes oh my god can we talk about that? it's not on social media you will not see it because there's nothing to show how can you show what you're going through emotionally and mentally that 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 the darkness that you experience, you can't, you can't even capture it in pictures or an image, maybe words, right? You can share your story, but I find that most folks don't, right? It's such a personal, intimate journey that, that you just shared with those close to you. Yeah. And imagine me telling like, you know, if I am not a curandera, that is not my goal. That's not where I'm heading. Um, don't call myself that I'm not practicing on under anybody. Um, I, I've been around very amazing mujeres that do identify as that. Um, but I I always say, my, I, I tell them, imagine if you were to, someone comes to you and you're doing your limpia and you're like, can I just take a picture so I can put it in the gram? I will cover your face, but I'm gonna put it on the gram. What would that feel like? She's like, it's not valid. It, um, they come to me because they trust me why would I put it on the gram? Why would I put that so-and-so? She's like, do you put your client's picture on the gram after you see them? And I'm like, no, because I have ethics. And she's like, well, so do I. I have ethics. My ethics might not come down from the BBS mm -hmm. like you, but I have etica. And so mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to post about what I do. Yes, I post about other nature things I do, but I don't I'm not going to post that, you know, clients or, or gente comes, come to me for other support. And I was like, Oh yeah. 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 That's that, that makes total, total sense. Like we don't share about our clients as you know, in our, in our career, in our field, why would others in energy that are doing energy work or, or healing work, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, but you know, that's the, the, the reality of the world that we navigate. And I just want to encourage folks to, to just be careful who you give your money to, right. Your, your hard earned money. Um, you know, I, I, I have somebody that I know personally that they want, they were, and to see, this is the thing. Most of the time when folks are willing to pay whatever they, they need is because they're hurting. Right. And they want the pain to go away and they want to just make it go away. And then there's people that promise, right, that, OK, well, we'll make it go away and we'll do X, Y and Z. And and of course, it, do, it doesn't always it's, it's not, doesn't it doesn't work that way. Right. You can't just pay money for pain to go away. Like, that's not how it works. Um, you know, I, I always say as a therapist, I wish I had a magic wand and it could just make it all go away. But yeah, we don't. Right. But anyways, this person that I know. Um, they ended up, they, I think, they, you know, they were going through a breakup, a very difficult breakup. They were going through that loss. They wanted this person back. And it, it with, you know, I think it was within a few months of the, of the breakup, they came across someone on social media uh, that said they can do some kind of energy or like, um, it sounded more like brujería, but, you know, they could do something, right? Uh, some kind of ritual to bring this person back to them. And, but the, the crazy part is that it was going to cost them, I don't remember if it was 8000 or $10,000. Dang. Dang, dang, dang. So the, I'm bringing this up because it's, it's an extreme example but people pay when they're hurting in that way. So this person, um, and she's not a client, by the way. So I'm not sharing. I don't. I don't share my client stories. This is not a client. This is someone that I know. Um, yeah, and, and and so they paid. You know, they paid whatever the the amount was, and yeah, they, they got ripped off. And of course, this person, the, their ex, didn't come back to them, and and then they have that to deal with right the financial trauma of this event on top of the pain the emotional pain that they were already in so what i mean is that just be careful who you give your money even i don't know even 50 dollars it's a it's a lot for it make sure you know what you're getting in exchange and that it feels right and fair to you and you're whatever right. it is, right? Whatever program or system, whatever the amount is, the exchange, it needs. And I feel like if you, if you sit with it for a bit, you'll know. You're like, okay, is this fair? Is this, does this make sense? Yes, 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 yes. And mm-hmm. ask. And it's okay to ask. I sometimes have that curiosity of like, so who'd you learn this from? Or you know, that question always like, who are your maestros, maestras, or maestres, or does this, did did you, does this come in your family? Like, when did you begin to, to practice this? And if they tell me like, oh, I've been doing for the last three years, and I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) Because I'm like, "Mm, three years, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, (laughs) like, I don't know if that's enough. I've been heal. I've been trying to heal myself for how long? (laughs) Girl, that's another conversation. Yeah, I'm still trying to heal myself for the last. 
30 years and here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I think, and even then I always teach the students that I work with, like, yeah, you can ask me if I see a therapist. I think I'm now going into a different route. Like I asked that when I started therapy, like, do you go to therapy? Because I also want to know that my person that is helping me heal is getting supported because I think that's yeah. he said that's um uh like a, a beautiful hygiene of energy like yeah. we're, we're on that same wavelength like it's not yeah. just I don't know does that make sense yeah no yeah, yeah absolutely they yeah because it's uh it's almost like that that it shows that they're still working on themselves and, and and you and you can see that you can see when someone has done their own work you can feel it I should say when they've done their own work and they're ready to share with others and it doesn't mean that you have to be completely uh, I don't know healed and ascended or anything like that right? <laughs> girl I, I always say but, Jesus is never going to be done working on me so who knows <laughs> No, absolutely not. And I think that it's important, you know, as, as mental health therapists to talk about that because I'm, you know, very much still on my journey and I, and I've shared this a lot on the podcast and also with people that know me is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think I'm always going to be on this journey because I'm ever evolving and changing. And, and now I, I'm, you know, I became a new mom three years ago and, and then, you know, if I have another child, I don't know what that's, what that's like, right? If I go, if, when I'm 50 or 60, I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't know what it is to have an adult child, right? With difficulty. I don't, you know, so all these, there's all these, these stages that I'm yet to experience. And with each stage, there will be uh, challenges, there will be triggers, there will be things that I thought I had worked through, and maybe I did, but from a different angle, and now it's being presented to me to, to deal with it in, in, in a whole different way, right? Or even the loss of a parent, right? All these things that that are just part of being human. And then when we have trauma and we have difficulties that we that we had to work through, these human experiences will inevitably bring us more opportunities to heal. So I, I don't, I don't, I think that we're always on this journey. So like you said, I, 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 when I go to someone, yeah, I want to make sure that they're also taking care of themselves, that they're also working on their own involvement. Because if not, then then I think that says something, right, in terms of the um, the openness and the just the experience and the capacity to hold space for others. Because I don't know, I feel like I have, I'm a, you know, I have a lot to bring, so you need to be prepared for <laughs> to help to help me because <laughs> I'm a lot. <laughs> no, it's like, but it's true. You want to. Um, I, I always say in this field, if you're choosing to yeah. come into the world of mental health of healing of whatever we want to call it nowadays you better be doing the work too do not be selling a service and you've never done the work because that's not cool you're yeah that's that's not cool right absolutely no definitely um yeah so oh my god Maria, I, I just realized almost 10 p.m <laughs> oh my god we even yeah (laughs) so but yes i'm telling you we can talk forever we need to have a comadre session part two yes yes (laughs) yes. it's it's all the 
all the topics. I think before we take off, I, I wanna say this for you, Rosa. Maybe you will not identify as a curandera, but I think with your platform and you communicating with so many different types of people in the healing community, you are the connecting to bringing that information out. You're bringing the, the cuentos, you're bringing the, the awareness. So that in this lifetime, maybe that is the role that you have is to put those healing journeys of the, the providers out and to share that they have a story and that they are showing up and how it's working. Like that's your component, I would say. Oh, thank you. That means a lot, Maria. Thank you. I know you're very, uh, very intuitive and I know that, yeah. you know, I've shared with you. So I, your words mean a lot. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, and, and I think I've shared a little bit with you over the last couple of years and just trying to figure out how do I want to share what, what am I really, what am I doing right in the Girl, social, social media question. arena? <laughs> like, that's what am I doing question. here? <laughs> yes, that's an everyday question. I go on and off, on and off, on and off. It's, it's, yes. it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one thing that we, we talked about um, yesterday or we that we you and I shared about maybe we can talk about this. You brought up the topic of um, the, the like friendship wound oh, or yes. like the Amiga wound. Yes. You didn't call it that. You said. But that's kind of what, what it is. What did, girl, you, say, what did it. you say? Like, you know, um, like the message that we get from our from our moms about. No, friendship. Yes. right right and and so sometimes when you find someone for me I'm talking about myself when I find someone like you like so genuine so supportive and so uh so smart and so wise you you know I I really treasure it because I like like you said it's like this I I also grew up with with what you shared your your mom (laughs) your mom would say I grew up with my mom saying the same thing like uh let's how does she say it? She would say something like, um, no, hay, no hay una amiga de verdad. Oh, my God. Did you, did your mom say Yes, but now, yes, Rosa, but now I understand, like, that was, that was her wounding too. Like, that was, mm. um, maybe what she heard. And I think her growing up and getting married, like, at the age of 17 and, never built community she had to build community with the family that she knew and um you know when the people say like ride or die with my family but sometimes family is not ride or die so I don't think she ever really built amigas amigas so then I grew up with that message like no hay amigas and I was like but but I do want to have friends yeah and so yeah friendship is important for me I think I navigate that sometimes too hard and um, try not to put expectation, just meet people where they're at. And sometimes that's even hard. Yeah, no, absolutely. And not to keep taking up more time, but you know, I, what you just shared um, brought the idea of la envidia. And my mom would always tell us, uh, 
you know, like, oh, you know, like you have to be careful with what you share with, with certain people because, you know, some, they're envidiosas, they envy, and then that's not good energy for you. And so I, that was part of my own um, wounding, I should say, when it comes to sharing and opening up to people is, is that message from my mom was saying that don't tell people too much because the, the envy is real and it's, it's going to get you. <laughs> and here we are talking on a podcast of all the things you're talking right? about. Is it the, the irony? And <laughs> now you're <around laughs> telling everybody. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. That it's, you got to decide to make that shift. Just like I get to decide thank, to make that yeah, shift. Thank you for that reminder. That's absolutely true. We, we have the capacity to, to choose otherwise. Yeah. Thank you, Rosa. Thank you for, for agreeing to, to do this Platica Comadre session with me. <laughs> I love it. And we, we, I think we should do like a part two and talk yeah. about. I'm down. You know, I love um, going back to Morras Malditas. I love their <laughs> banter, right? When they sh- share <laughs> scary stories. Yes. I was like, I want to have somebody to talk scary <laughs> stories to. I, girl, or I and share stories of my abuelitas. I'm like, I have some stuff and I know I can, you know, I can always go to my dad and he always has something. And I always tell him, ¿Por qué a usted siempre le pasaban las, yeah. like, las cosas? He's like, no sé, no sé. He just, there's always, a, there's always an historia. That is so funny. Yeah, me, same. We, we, we need, we should do that and, and give some competition to Morras Malditas. Oh hey, our version. That'd be dope. What does that, that look oh like? God. Yeah. Because yes. if you okay. notice, sometimes uh-huh. it's the same leyenda, but like it happens differently. Honestly, I feel that it is like a repetition of stories with very similar themes. And when I'm listening to some of them, I'm like, oh yeah, my grandma said that one too. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Oh my, what that told me something like, yeah, it's interesting. So for the folks listening, we're talking about a podcast um, from Mexico. It's, it's two, two girls. They look like they're young. They're probably in their twenties and their podcast is all about just collecting stories from their listeners about you know, what happened to them, scary supernatural stories of ghosts and spirits. And, and it's interesting, but you know, for some reason it doesn't feel too heavy and dark. There's no gore to it. Right. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. It's not, it's It's very, because like you said, it's about, it's, um, it's folk folk stories, right. Folklore and, um, leyendas. And it's just, there's something that feels very familiar and, uh, but at the same time, interesting and fascinating and creepy, you know, but I don't know, but in a dark way. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what, what no, yeah. Yes. It's not like, I, I guess I'm thinking it's like that chainsaw massacre type of vibes. It's more no, like, no, no, nothing like that. No, <laughs> no. It's more like, oh, que le jalaron los pies. And, and yeah. then, you know, yeah. the corner, there was like the niño that was looking at you. Yeah. money hidden in the house and the ghosts were protecting the money yes. yeah it's just it's interesting so it's in spanish only um and it's called morras malditas and the episodes are like an hour and a half two hours so it's the perfect thing to listen to when you want to just yes. get distracted so anyways yes. there it, 
they don't know me at all, but I'm just promoting their <laughs> podcast here. It's okay. Hey, you never know, it. Rosa. You never know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Maria, this was lovely. Thank you oh, so likewise. much. And I will talk to you soon. Yes. Thank you, Rosa. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website which is rosachettilcsw.com and I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.